Welcome to Westbound. My name is Ron Cannon. I have the honor and privilege of being one of the elders with our church family. And we thank you for tuning in this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time of day, wherever you are. We just uh, know that we are honored to have you here as well to place uh, God's word in your heart. And Roger and Carrie will be sharing from Ecclesiastes, that uh, wonderful book of wisdom and love and all those good things. And you know, we talk about the seasons of life, and there's um, Ecclesiastes that talk, it's often at uh, funerals, we'll talk about the time to, to live and time to die and, and all the rest. And I was talking with a gentleman this week, he's 72 years of age, and talking about the season in his life, and he'd been attending church for over 50 years, and he said after COVID, it's been not sure if he'll return to church because the fact that he and his wife have been watching it online, and I think that's many of you, the same we have a relationship. We still need to connect, and God's created us to be connected through uh, human relationships. However, what it looks like, we don't know, only God knows, and we ask you to pray for God's wisdom and direction for our elders, and we are praying for uh, the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, just as our church family through centered on, on Jesus and glorified by God. The season of life, my wife and I, Cindy, are going through a, a time now where we have more time with each other. Our children are growing up. We have grandchildren and and some are just in our in our church family or just getting together, maybe having a family. Uh, we're all in different seasons and that's the great thing. God is there 24-7, 365. And I know that He wants you to follow Him. And I know that I, I have so much uh, enjoyment each morning waking up and putting my feet in the ground. Thank you, God, for this day. How can, you, how can I be used for your glory? But also listening to that Bible in a year app and, you know, talking, Mickey's giving us some direction and, and God's word. And of course, Pippa adds at the end, can't forget about Pippa. But seriously, the, the, um, the time I spend with, with God, whether it's out for a walk in the morning or quiet time, however you, uh, you enjoy doing your Bible in a year, I just encourage you to continue. If you've fallen back a little bit, pick it up and it's at your own pace and and um, just opportunity to connect with God in, in your time. Today we're going to hear from so Roger and Carrie who have um, part two in this three-part series in Ecclesiastes and we've, we've heard about already the element of <clears throat> some of the interesting perspectives. You can't think this is in the Bible and it's true. It's all about love and wisdom and, and great things about being humble and we don't know <clears throat> what tomorrow is going to bring. The fact that uh, uh, we have the hope and eternity of, from Jesus Christ. So we thank you for this time together to listen to what the situation in our life is. You might be at a mountaintop experience. You might be suffering a low. And that's the season. And I, I came across a quote that your best stories will be come from your struggles. The seeds of your successes are in your failures. Your praises will be birthed from your pains, keep standing. I have never seen a storm last forever. Seasons change. And that's the hope that Jesus Christ provides in our life, that he's there for eternity during whatever season, whatever storm or whatever sunshine that's in your life. And we know that we're going through a, another season coming to the end of August and people start to get ready for the, you know, the long weekend and then back to school and the routine, but the routine is not necessarily something we've, we are accustomed to now here at Westmount. We're flexible, adaptable, and 
and Roger and Carrie are real, and that's what I love about uh, the Heart Church family. So if you aren't connected uh, and you want to get connected, it's info, at, uh, you could need more information or want to have uh, a prayer request, it's connect at westmountchurch.com. That's connect at westmountchurch.com, and we'd love to, uh, if you have any specific needs or listed prayer requests, we're here to help you however we can. So, so let's close uh, our eyes for a moment and just open our hearts uh, for the words of wisdom and direction and love that Roger and Carrie are going to share with us today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins for eternity, for eternity and we have the, that hope that you provide us today. For those that um, we know in our church family, some have uh, been diagnosed with COVID and have uh, been quarantined for 10 days and we just be with them, watch over them, uh, suffering from cancer and covering from treatments. We know that uh, you know each one of our hearts, Lord, and our needs before we even ask. And we continue to pray for each other in the church family. That's the best thing we can do to lift up each other in, in, in prayer and bring unity and love. Lord, that's my prayer for you today and for always. And we thank you again for this time together and look forward to hearing from Roger and Carrie. Enjoy and be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, Westmount. So, Carrie and I, you know we love preaching outdoors and we love going to new settings. And so, this morning, we're in the lower mainland and we thought we'd find a park to go preach at. And just as we're uh, beginning to preach, guess what? It starts pouring. And so... <laughs> there is a season. Yeah, true. There's a season for rain. Uh, we're in the book of Ecclesiastes. So, what we decided to do is call one of my pastor friends. And so here we are at one of our sister churches in Surrey. This is Sunshine Ridge Baptist Church, and they've agreed to allow us to use their facility to preach. So here we are. So we just bless them and to say thank you. And this is the goodness of one church before God, one body. You know, it's beautiful. And my good friend, Pastor Tim. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here we are. We've been in the book of Ecclesiastes just for one week, and this is the second week. And we're looking at a passage from chapter three. If you have your Bibles, you can open those up. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8. Uh, this passage of scripture was made famous by the birds who filmed a song that basically used these words exactly. You want to sing it again, babe? No. Okay. But you guys will know it. Like yeah. the power of... There is a season. Yeah, it's word by word. Yeah, okay. Good. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, <laughs> a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. 
You know, this passage here actually reminds me of one of our elders, Penn. And Penn, our man of wisdom, this is one of his favorite verses, and it's, it's about the men of Issachar, and it says this, the men from Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Men who understood the times. I mean, here we are in different times, times where vaccine mandates are coming down from the government and times where there's so many changes happening. And I don't think we're coming to the end of that. I think we're just at the beginning of the changes that are going on. And we need to understand the times. We need wisdom for the times. Uh, Things aren't going to get easier. We're just going to need more and more wisdom. If you'll notice those statements there, there's 14 that could be on the the bad side and 14 on the good side, almost like this equation that some of us want to think life is a mathematical equation and then we get wound up when we can't control the times. And the Lord's showing us that he's sovereign and, and there's a cycle over everything. And if we're willing, he even yeah. goes on to say that he makes all things beautiful in its time. What a statement. He makes all things beautiful in its time. I see art in that. You know how often an artist is doing something. I even had a decorator next door to us in in our office just saying, you can't look at it yet. You have to wait till the finished product because so often you're mixing those colors together. And, and we did this demonstration actually, which was so powerful for those of us that are musicians, just the song, Jesus Loves Me. I just, I want this to sink in because so often we're like, we want, we're, we're young and we want things to advance, right? You're 16, you want to you wanna get married, you want everything next, next, next. And then you get to a certain age and you're like, I'd really like to go back there. And we seem this chasing after the wind. And so I, I want this demonstration to sink in. And, and I had uh, Marilyn play for us Jesus Loves Me on just the white keys because we, we want life to be all on the good side, Carrie. Like I, I just want all the good things, the white keys, the major. And I just want you to listen to this for a minute. And now I want you to listen to it with the black keys in there mm-hmm. and see which tune you might enjoy more because those black keys represent minors, sharps and flats. Obviously, Carrie, the the second one is so much more full. Yeah, and isn't that a great analogy of life? There's sharps and flats, a time for war, 
a time for for uprooting, a time from refraining. Mm, yeah, you know, and and those those sharps and flats make in the in the whole scope of things something so beautiful. And so so I'm wondering, perhaps, if in this season of uncertainty. We can find ourselves even uniquely because mm. each of us have a, a different part of this right now that we could say, this is my life. Right. But if the Lord's trying to pick us up to remind us of what matters, even in a time when, well, I'm not sure exactly what what's there. And, and I want to just pick a couple things just because we're in Ecclesiastes that Solomon in his wisdom says, because so often even I want to default to something in the past. And he reminds us here in Ecclesiastes 7, uh, verse 20, he says, do not say, why were the old days better than these? Mm. For it's not wise to ask such things. Mm. And then he goes on in verse 13 and he says, Consider what God has done. Who can straighten what he has made crooked? When times are good, be happy. And when times are bad, consider that God has made the one as well as the other. Mm. And so I just, I just want to add this one thing because Solomon will go on in many things here, but he stops to pause over and over and 11 times he'll say this phrase, enjoy life and enjoy. And, and one of the verses he says here is, moreover, when God gives any man wealth, this is chapter five, verse 19, and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and to be happy in his work, this is a gift of God. He seldom reflects on the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with gladness mm. of heart. So he's not reflecting. He's not, oh, it was better before. Was it yeah. better in the Great Depression? Was it better in the World War? Is it? Is it better to be in Afghanistan right now? And so I want, as we dig into this today, all of us to be like, Lord, would you help us today find mm. enjoyment? Would you give us the gift mm. of God to enable us to hear you, to listen to what you want to say individually? in our lives but even as a church body and to our society what what would you like to say lord amen ecclesiastes is a book that's all about wisdom and last week we spoke about the fact that wisdom comes from the lord like that's where we receive wisdom from uh, it was given to Solomon by God after he worshiped right after he set up this massive worship service God shows up to Solomon Mm -hmm. And he asks him what he wants, and he wants wisdom, and God gives it to him. But it comes after this encounter with God. And I know that even as I say that encounter with God, some of you struggle immediately, and some of you, and I've heard it, some of you say, I, I don't hear from God. I can't, I can't hear God speak. I, I don't know how many times I've heard people as a pastor make statements like that. And I want you to know that I can sympathize with that. You know, when I was uh, a young man, 30 years ago now, if you can believe it, I was in university at UBC. I was pre-med. I was headed that direction. But I, as I was... I got confronted with, do I believe in God or not? Or do I just believe in science? And as I was confronted with that, I came to a realization that I needed to either believe in who Jesus was or not. 
but I couldn't be wishy-washy. So I took a year off from my studies and I went to Bible college. And I went to Bible college in that year to figure out, God, are you real? And I remember it was in the dark days of winter and I was in Edmonton and it was cold. And, and by cold, I mean like minus 30 type of cold. And, and I remember it's like, God, I, I'm not finding you. God, I can't hear you. And, and soon, day after day, my, my asking God to speak to me became stronger. And, and I started spending time just hours every evening just asking God to speak. Like, God, if you're real, I need you to speak to me. And with tears, I began like crying out to God, like, God, I need to know if you're real or not. And, and I actually spent months in this place of every night just going before God in my prayer closet and asking like, are you real? Are you real? Are you real? I need to hear from you. I need to know. And I want you to know there wasn't one big thing that happened, but God began to reveal himself to me. I know a young man in our church, I, I don't want to out him by sharing his name, but for years he's been saying, you know, I don't really hear from God. I, I don't really hear from God. And he was almost getting depressed about it. But he kept pressing in. And do you know while we were away this summer, he just called me and shared with me this story of how he was like pressing in to find God. And, and in that in that desperation, God spoke to him so clearly. And I was like, so proud. I'm like, see, see, if you just keep pressing, you're going to find God. I, he wants to be found by us. Scripture tells us that, that if we seek him, that he's going to be found by us. Now, why do I start with these stories? You know, during our Bible in one year readings that we've been doing and and as people in our church have been so enjoying that, there was one verse in particular that stood out to me. And I think it's particularly important as we are talking about wisdom and, and wisdom coming from God. And that verse that stood out to me in our readings was in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 6. And, and this is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. And this is what he says. He says, now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you? He's talking about the difference between tongues and prophecy. And he's like, tongues benefits me, but it doesn't benefit everybody else. He says, what good will I be to you? And this is the point where I really wanted you to hear. Unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction. And I was thinking, this is what Paul's saying the church needs. These four things. He's revelation, knowledge, prophecy, or word of instruction. And the reason it hit me so strongly is because for almost all of my life, I've really focused on the word of instruction, on teaching scripture. Like, like that's what I put all my emphasis in. Like, like we're going to learn everything that God wants us to learn from the study of Scripture. But what really stuck out to me as I, I heard this passage, it's almost like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, there's more than that. There's revelation that's needed. Like this ongoing revelation of the Holy Spirit. There's knowledge. And that knowledge isn't the kind of knowledge Paul isn't referring to like knowing things like book smarts. He's referring to supernatural words of knowledge, 
that the Lord gives or prophecy. And then he says, word of instruction. So three out of the four are, are, are coming from this relationship that we have with God and, and with the Holy Spirit that God speaks with us on an ongoing basis. Absolutely, we love the Word of God. Absolutely, you know we teach through the Word of God. Most often we teach through books of the Bible. But I want you to know that here Paul's saying there's something more that the church needs in order to grow strong. And he's beginning to speak about these revelations that are needed. And what he's really talking about is hearing from God. He's talking about us hearing from God, that we as the church need to hear from God, which means we need to be listening. And, and Paul says, I'll be useless to you unless I'm hearing from God. And that struck a chord in my heart. Like, honestly, I was a little bit cut to the heart thinking, do I bring that to our body? And I'll, for a second, I know she doesn't even know I'm going to do this, but I'll just honor my wife saying, my wife does this much better than I do. She listens to the Holy Spirit. I, I rely on, on teaching scripture, but I've been cut to the heart saying, I just need to hear more from God. God breathed truth. And you know, we were sharing this with one of our elders and then they said, absolutely, I was struck by the exact same verse. And they were saying that this is what our church needs this year. And I think this is really what the Lord wants to speak to the church. In fact, let me go one step further. Carrie and I were just in our marriage and our, we wanted to hear from God on some specific issues, some about the church, some about us personally. And we decided to just have a, a time of prayer and as we were having that time of prayer, we were just asking God to speak to us. And I remember he and spoke. And one thing that's important just before you get into that is I said, okay, Roger, then let's really unite as one and prepare your heart. So, because let's go into it the next day so that I like to come fresh out of my prayer time and have him ready so that we're ready to enter in that place. Because Ecclesiastes, even Solomon says, you know, don't just run into the place of God. Like, come to, to listen. Let your words be few. Right. And so we're coming. So I just wanted to make sure, and I say that with reverence and awe. So just, this is the reality of our life. You know, just before we come in, make sure we're both in that place, okay, so that we're entering into that tender spot of listening. And Carrie could hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speak something about me, and she shared it with me. And it wasn't an easy thing to hear to be honest, but it was the right thing to hear. And she said, you know, Roger, the Lord just wants you to come to him as father. He just wants you, you to come to him and, and let him speak to you. And I'm like, I was cut to the heart really because so often I spend my devotional time just reading scripture and not really not really spending time listening to what he wants to say to me, not really giving myself to him. And you know, scripture says this, that God's a jealous God. And I know sometimes we use jealousy as it's a, a wrong word, but in this context, it's really a beautiful thing that God's jealous for us. 
He's jealous for our time. He's jealous for our, our attention. He's jealous for our affection, the affection of our heart. He's, he's jealous for it. He wants it. You know, like that's the first command he gives, right? Thou shalt have no other gods before me, nothing before me. I want you to put me first. I want you to seek after me. I want you to follow me. I want you to hear from me. I want you to have this type of relationship with me. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to his church in this time to give us the wisdom that we need personally for our lives, but also corporately as a congregation. And I want us this year to press into the Lord more than ever to hear what it is that he wants to speak to the church. Because we've been learning as a church over this past year what it means to be a church. I mean, it's not just coming on Sunday mornings and, and worshiping and then hearing a sermon and leaving. We've been learning that in a, in a community, in a body, everybody has something to bring to the table. Everybody has something to, to speak. And 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26 says this, what shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, talking about the church, when you come together, each of you, each of you, mm -hmm. all of us mm -hmm. has a hymn Mm -hmm. or a word of instruction, mm -hmm. or a revelation, or a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church can be built up. Mm -hmm. Everything must be done for the church to be built up. In other words, each of us has to bring our part Mm -hmm. that we're spending time seeking God and then God speaking to us and then we bring that to our, our gatherings, our home gatherings and our corporate gatherings to share together what God's been speaking. And then, then when all of that's brought together, when everyone's experience of relating to the Father comes together, it's exactly what the church needs to be built up. But we all play a part in that. You know, our faith is more than just consumerism. Like, just come, we're going to listen to Roger and Carrie, and then we're going to go home and think about what they said. No, all of us have something to bring. But it requires that all of us are, are listening <laughs> and that we're seeking God. And God speaks to us in so many different ways. I just want to encourage you, in case you just don't know, I, I had struggled to hear God. I want to make it practical. Sometimes it's a thought. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just a thought. And we even wonder, is that God? Is it not? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But then if we in faith begin to trust those thoughts that are being given to us, mm -hmm. then we begin to discern, okay, was this God? Mm -hmm. And we pray about it. God, is this you speaking? And we begin to become obedient to those thoughts that are being spoken to us by the Holy Spirit. But sometimes it's a word or it's a picture or sometimes it's a dream. I mean, there's all these different ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. But, but in that intimacy, we begin to learn how God speaks to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, Car Carrie hears from God differently than I do. Mm -hmm. and that's okay. It's okay. We have different gifts. It, it doesn't always have to be the same for each of us. More than that, we need to celebrate it more. And I, I know you guys are starting to come alive more and more in your different giftings. And just a grace area that people can do it without, without judgment. And, and the joy of that, Roger, is we God calls it in Ephesians the manifold wisdom of God. Mm. It's like multifaceted, multicolored. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, back to art, all these beautiful colors. And, and you see the array of the body and people start to come in and see wow how how is God 
and we all have the same voice, mm. one voice, one heart, one mind, right. and we're unified in it. It doesn't mean it starts off that way, but by the end is we start to seek God more and more. And, and the biggest kicker is peace, hmm. peace, peace. We won't be shaking. We won't be moved. And there's just this presence that Christ can give us through the power of his spirit that's peace. Mm -hmm. And our world is going to cry for it more and more and more. But we are receiving a kingdom that will not be shaken and is full of peace. Amen. Amen. Even Jesus, you know, it says in Mark chapter one that very early in the morning, well, it will still dark. Well, it was still dark. Jesus got up, left the house and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Even Jesus being the son of God had to just give his time to the father, give mm -hmm. his attention to the father, to hear from the father because he needed. Jesus said this, he said, I don't do my own thoughts. I only do what I see the father doing. Mm -hmm. But But he had to be close to the father to know what the father was doing. And I think in this time, as a church, we need to be so close to know what it is the Father's doing and speaking mm -hmm. to, not just our church, but mm -hmm. also to us individually and also to us as society because we're salt and light. We are. We're salt and light and we're called to be that in this society. But, but to be that, we need to know what it is that the Father wants from us. Mm -hmm. I love that about Jesus. I love that, that he gives us that example because the father won't play second fiddle to anyone. But I don't think Jesus had to give himself to it, church. I think he really wanted to. Mm -hmm. And he always honored the father. Yeah. And he's like, my father's so good. And he's like, if your fathers know how to do this, do you know what my father will do for you? And so there was this desire early morning before everyone was up, like, I, I got to go talk to my, like, okay, father, what do you see? Like, father, you know, like, and just this joy of relationship. And that's what he wants us to learn from that. There was this, this joy that he wants us to come back to, to realize that there's going to be times and seasons for everything. And he's going to warn his disciples that you know what I'm going to go to the cross and you're going to be put out of synagogues and he's going to warn them with lots of things but he's like but take heart because yeah. I'm doing something that's going to open you up to my dad you're going to call him Abba hmm. Hmm. you know it's amazing that Jesus even demonstrates this in John chapter 3 we see this interaction and we've talked about it before in our church and it's Nicodemus this mm -hmm. Pharisee who comes up to Jesus and Nicodemus knows everything. He's got this, he's got knowledge. He knows the scripture. Mm -hmm. He knows about God. But Jesus calls him out and says, there's something more you need, Nicodemus. And let me just read this. John chapter three, verses three to eight. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And then Jesus responds this way. Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. 
That's the spirit, the wind. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who's born of the spirit. When I was reading Ecclesiastes, that very verse, Solomon's going to say a thousand years before in Ecclesiastes 11, he says this, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, mm. the maker of all things. Mm. And when there's one thing, it's like the wind and this new birth, and I'm like, oh, Roger, I'm like, that's Nicodemus. So let me just, shh, let's find ourselves in this because mm. Nicodemus is the religious leader. He knows everything. We're in a time of knowledge. People are running to and fro. We've got all the answers. We don't need, we don't need to listen to God because we can Google and we can find things. And, and Solomon also says, with much knowledge comes much sorrow. Mm. And so we keep chasing after the wind, chasing after the wind. But in this moment, Nicodemus says, Jesus, I, I know you're a good teacher, but he bypasses all that to say, Nicodemus, you can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Hmm. That's right. And so I was talking to Roger about this, and, and I want to be very practical with this right now. And I, It's just a burning on my heart because I know it to be true in my own life. And you might have gone to church. You might have heard about Jesus. You might have even think, you know what? I put up my hand. I've even been baptized. Hmm. But I'm truly wondering if people have experienced what you might hear as the regeneration, the, mm. the new birth, the I can't see, Carrie, and I can't hear. And so mm. I, I, let me put this with scripture because it's burning in my heart and it goes along the spirit of wisdom because it's a very real dimension change. There's no denying a new birth. And, and I present that to you today because maybe we just need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I need you. Yeah. Maybe for the first time in your life, like to really know what you're doing, that Lord, I want you in my life. Mm -hmm. And with that joy and with that, that awesomeness, and, and that's why I, I'm so encouraged that the Father is delighting in wanting to be with us. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want us to be mourning or wound up or anxious. He's, he's longing that his kids would just, he's God everything. So how do we encourage, because Roger just read it, how do we build up the church and how do we become strong that we're not blown over by, by the wind and chasing after? We're, we, we know who we are and who our Father is. And this is what the verse came to me about, mm -hmm. is seeing and hearing, that's the spirit. That's, it's all done through a different dimension, a different frequency that the Lord wants to put us on. And we've been maybe on the wrong one. And so in this moment, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can understand what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed to it to us by his spirit. So just, just stop for one minute. There's, there's something that we, that's still, I'm so excited about it. You're like, Carrie, where's that passion come from? Because I'm not living for here, but my spirit, the more and more I spend time with God, 
the more revelation he starts to show me in these passages to be like, oh, what he's prepared for us, we can't understand for those who love him. And Jesus's prayer to the father at the end of his life in John 17 was this, father, the world does not know you, but I know you. Mm -hmm. And they know that you came from me. And I pray that I would be in them and the love that you have for me, Jesus said, would be in them. Mm -hmm. So you see this deposit of the Holy Spirit is all loving, all knowing. He's like, I know where I belong. And he's trying to give us that peace and that joy that only the Father can give us. The Spirit searches all things, it goes on to say, even the deeper things of God. Mm -hmm. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Do you hear that? It's a different frequency. So you're like, I can't, I don't understand what you're saying, Carrie. And, And all I'm saying is, maybe... For the first time, you need to say, Lord, I really need you in my life, and I want to walk with you. I want to give you my life. And with that, the deposit of the Holy Spirit comes where things can be discerned of God. He goes on to say, this is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, Hmm. but by words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Hmm. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. Hmm. And church, I want to encourage you that as the Spirit gives birth, Spirit gives birth to Spirit, Hmm. Jesus said. And you begin to see and you begin to walk. And it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes time. Mm. But as we walk more and more in that, Mm. the Lord begins to grow us up. Think of a little child coming to a father. It's like, I need you, I need you, I need you. But as we start to become stronger, and I talked to one of our elders about this this week, that we begin to encourage each other. We begin to come with something. I can help you. I can help you. As your your kids grow up, I can help you do that, mom, Mm. dad. And so we begin to walk in that fullness, that that beauty that only the Spirit can give. I I want to remind you of two things, and and I was telling Roger this, and he said, what are two things, or not two things, but specifically in the world, there's two forces that are working hard against that frequency to get you off. One is money. And the other is sex, sexual immorality. Mm. And Solomon gives himself to talk about it. And that guy had more women and more wealth than any of us. And he's the one that comes to these conclusions. And he says in chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes again, whoever loves money, verse 10, never has enough. Hmm. whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income and this is meaningless and you see we we have so much Hmm. yet we we're not happy or we're not satisfied and Solomon's saying do you see that I want you to underline that whoever loves money never has enough and this this greed it's a, it's a spirit of greed and and we need more and and Jesus himself will remind us in Luke 12 when he says be careful that you're not coveting Jesus says this to his disciples be careful you don't covet 
because a man's life doesn't consist of all his possessions. So it's like, you know that bumper sticker, whoever has the most toys when he dies wins. Well, the Lord's like, don't be careful. We don't need to be in that sphere of money and the other one. And just briefly, and and you can see this all through the New Testament as well, is sexual immorality. And I find it amazing. And as a woman, I want to speak to this very humbly that... Solomon writes this in Ecclesiastes 7. He says this, I find more bitter than death. What a statement. The woman who is a snare, whose heart is a trap, and whose hands are chains, the man who pleases God will escape her. Hmm. But the sinner, she will ensnare. Hmm. And Proverbs eleven twenty two again written by Solomon, says specifically to women that a beautiful ring in a pig's snout is like a woman who lacks discretion. And so I want to say this, especially to the women, that mm-hmm. one of the great, we don't need to live like the world lives. If anything, God wants to do something so beautiful. And I said, I want us to be a community where we have safety for our women, young women, but that we use discretion and we use self-control and we don't allure things that we don't need to, but our love is for God first as single, knowing that God's going to provide me one who will be my lover for life. Mm. Trust that. And I know I have mm. lots of singles. Where I, I'm living proof of that. You guys know that. Yeah. My eyes are for one. I only want to be with one for the rest of my life. Right, And the other warning is specifically to, to the man that, see, Don't chose... Don't let your eyes be clouded by lust. Yes, yes, snares you. in a society where it's almost, you have to go out of your way to keep from finding lust. But that, when we begin to look at those things and we begin to chase after those things with the lust of our eyes... It obscures us from seeing God. It obscures us from being able to hear from God. And like Carrie said, it puts us on the wrong frequency. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can't hear God's voice because we're filling our minds with the, with the wrong kinds of things that keep us from hearing God's voice. Mm-hmm. And so it's just in that place where... You, Lord, I need your help. And we don't need to do this on our own, but we need the Lord to help us in that. They, because it's a current of the world. It's a current of the world. It's all around us, the money crazed and the sex crazed society that we're in. And the only way we're going to come out of it is through the power of Jesus Christ. Remember, First John will write that it, mm-hmm. do not love the world or anything in the, lo- the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father can't be in you. Like I, I, This principle is all through it. You're either on that and the world's pulling me in or you're taking a stand today to say, oh, Carrie... And I know some of you have. You've even texted us this week. This past year has been really hard with COVID. But I'm coming back to the Lord. And, and today, not he, the Lord says, don't worry about yesterday. Today, if you hear my voice, 
don't harden your hearts. And then he goes on at the end of Hebrews, and I thought this was so beautiful. I was sharing this with Roger today, that if, well, Carrie, that's that's a little crazy. How do we come out of it? Can we come out of it? Yes, we can. Hebrews 13 says this, he, those two components of both sexual immorality and money. Look at this, how he sums it up. Uh, Hebrews 13, verse 2, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. Keep yourselves from the love of money and be content with what you have. Mm. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Mm. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid and what can man do to us? Mm. And so see how... Keep keep this pure. Keep your eyes pure. Keep your body and your soul pure. You know, and, and keep yourself from the love of money because be content with what you have. And you know how Paul says in his life, I've learned. Like, it's a yeah. process. It's not easy. And we have to keep help, helping each other constantly. I'm not sure we really need that. And do we need that? But with love and grace. And Paul says, I've learned the secret to being content in life. I've learned that. What is it? The more and more we have of Christ, mm. the less and less we need, and the more and more we're willing to step up and unashamedly, fearlessly offer ourselves as a willing sacrifice to the Lord because we know that He'll never abandon His kids. His promise is there. And so I, I just I want to close kind of with this thought, and, and I w I've been sharing it with Roger that, again, Sometimes we get in our Christianese and all this church language that we miss someone like Carrie talk to me in real life. God created things in Genesis 1 in the beginning and he made it beautiful and he created male and female and he brought them together and marriage was his design and God saw that it was very good. Mm. That's powerful to me. Then John 1 says in the beginning, the word became flesh. The word was there, right? There's Jesus. And John 3, which we just picked up, again shows how can we be brought into this awesome kingdom of eternity but then at the end of the book in revelation of the bible the mm. authoritative word of god he brings back this beautiful picture for you and i that we can never lose hope for yeah. for no eye has seen and no ear can comprehend what is yet to be so beautiful and let me just give you a picture of that because I don't want it to be my my words or even my paraphrasing. It's Revelation 21. And the Lord said, John, John's taken up to a, a higher level. Can we be taken up to a higher level? He's brought, he sees an open door and he goes into it. A hundred percent we can. And I'm going to finish this sermon after we worship with a story of the freshness that I'm just like, Lord, it happened this week. I'm like, how does this stuff happen? It's so good. And John's brought up to a new level. And John's writing this as a disciple. And he says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, prepared from God as, now I want you to hear this, a bride beautifully, beautifully there. God makes all things beautiful, beautifully dressed for her husband. Yeah. 
And I heard the voice saying, Now the dwelling place of God is with man. And he goes on to say, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Behold, he who sits on the throne says, I am making everything new. Mm. And he goes on to say, it's done. And so the the idea of pain, crying, sorrow, and death, even though there's a time for it under the sun, the Lord's saying, hey, I've promised you that I'm making you beautiful and preparing you for yet a wedding that's yet to take place in his time, in his way, and that we just trust that he's going to give us the grace to get through it. But that time has no more crying and no more pain and no more sickness and no more death and we will live forever in the way the Lord has desired us to that's the offer that he presents to us again today Amen let's pray Father you'd say in Romans 8 that we don't live by the flesh but we live by the spirit Mm -hmm. so Father we pray that that would be true for every soul that's listening today, that they would live by the Spirit, that they would hear from you, that they wouldn't get caught up in the things of the world, the things of the flesh, but they would walk more and more closely with you, hearing more and more from you, being more and more obedient, bringing more and more of what they hear to the body, that you would strengthen your bride, that you would strengthen your people, that you would make your bride beautiful for your return, Mm -hmm. where we get to be with you for eternity. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray that you would prepare us now Mm -hmm. by your Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Continue to teach us, continue Mm -hmm. to walk with us, continue to speak to us. Give us ears to hear, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. Amen. Amen. And for those of you that just aren't sure, Carrie, am I on the right frequency? I want to help you right now. It's my call. I owe it to you to to help you. So if you would just open your hands and say, Lord, I believe that you are Lord and Savior, that you came here for me. Will you say that? And Lord, I desire now to to live my life for you. I put you on the throne of my heart. You're my Lord and my King. And from this day forward, I desire to live for you. Amen. And with that, there will be a new frequency, but it's our it's our duty now that we walk together mm-hmm. and we're going to keep That's walking right. with you so that you keep Amen. growing up and understand more and more. Amen. We love you, Mr.
overwhelms me with so much joy. I've really come to realize as joy-filled kids, we're called to enjoy him. And then he shows off at these crazy times in life. Is it always like that? No, but I sure got one this week. So 16 years ago, I made Jim look this up. I met Jim on a plane from Edmonton to Calgary. I was traveling a lot and I had my paper Bible on the plane and he had his book of Ephesians. And we sat there together and talked about it. And then we started talking so much about God. I was just so blown away, as was he of our deep love for the Lord, that we sat in Calgary airport and talked for hours. Well, that would begin a connection, a spirit-filled connection, despite me living in Toronto before Roger and everything else. And we would keep in touch. I would meet his wife over time. This week, I was riding my bike, just listening to Daniel, thinking of God's sovereignty in this young man's life who resolved not to defile himself. And I'm pulling into this Starbucks and there's no room. There's lots of people around. And as I pull in, I'm like, oh, I'll just tuck my bike behind here. And I'm moving the chair out. And I look at this gentleman. I haven't seen Jim. I haven't seen Jim for years. Jim, I pull my sunglasses off and take my helmet off. I'm like, Jim, this is crazy. We start hugging in the middle of all these people he can, and he's, let me just put this into perspective. He's clean cut, he's a lay pastor, but works as well on the side. And uh, about 20 years older, but very meticulous and analytical, but very gentle and thorough and I'm the passionate crazy one, let's just say this, he's reserved, but he's still blown away. And all these people are around, it's like an airport meeting in the middle of Starbucks, that's what it is, a reunion. Then his wife comes out and she's like, Carrie? Well, she's just as blown away, then we started again. And people are like, what is going on here? We talked for a little while, just blown away, still blown away, I'm still blown away. We take a picture because I'm like, my kids are not gonna believe this. My husband's not gonna believe it. We take a picture and I want you to hear this because there's a time for everything, right? The Lord says that, but he also brings together his body in a way, his kids that were called to really stand together. And after we take that picture, the phone rings and Karen takes one of those calls that you never really wanna take ever. And instantly the tears stroll down her face and she breaks open. I can feel her soul and I'm like, oh, oh I'm bearing an eyewitness to my sister's soul. And she gets off the phone and her 90 year old mom, who she thinks is the greatest mom in the entire world, is taking a fall and is rushed in an ambulance. Come together with tears and we pray. So all of a sudden, the Starbucks has changed. And I kneel beside her and we pray. And though we don't know what is in store, we just give it to the Father. And there's peace in that moment. And in a couple hours, I'll get the phone call that Mildred went to be in eternity with the Lord. And you know, for
for Karen was just a sign that God had her despite the shock of all shocks that she would get this news that God is good and that's what she wrote me, God's good and we're connected more deeply now than we'll ever be and so can I remind you right now no matter where you are time for mourning or a time for dancing that you would really really just dig into a relationship with the father and then let's continue to spill joy left and right whether it's on in a Starbucks I guess it's not on a plane but maybe sitting waiting for a bus okay we got so much to be happy about I'm so thankful and yes I'm in love with an amazing father